Lord, as we come to you, we pray that you would speak to us and save us. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of you may know this already, uh, but you almost didn't have me as your rector. Our church youth club uh, went on regular trips to different places throughout the year. Uh, And normally, when we were going swimming, we went to Portadown Pool. But once, and only once, as a special treat, we went to Shankill Leisure Centre in Belfast. And the reason we went there was because of the wave machine. So everybody would be in the pool having lots of fun, and then every so often a siren would sound, meaning that the next ten minutes the wave machine would be on. And uh, we had been in the pool for a while uh, when the siren went off and the wave started up. And I was out from the edge and a little too far down the pool and I went under. And I couldn't swim and I still can't. (laughs) Down I went. Clutching and grabbing and trying to get to safety, but the other people in the pool, whether they were friends or strangers, thought that I was just having a laugh. And I panicked more and more. The lifeguards hadn't spotted me, and I was truly in danger that night. And then my rescuer arrived. Tommy was one of our youth club leaders. He saw what was happening. He pulled me by the hair and got me up out of the water and back to safety. A scary experience. Plucked from almost certain death and brought back to dry land. So as we read of what happened to Jonah, my chest starts to tighten and my panic starts to rise at the thought of being under the water, not just in Shankill Leisure Centre, but in the open sea. But actually it wouldn't really matter if you could swim or not in the open sea. To find yourself thrown overboard means certain death. There's no RNLI lifeboat coming for you. There's no Irish Coast Guard helicopter searching for you. There's just you and the wide open sea. You and the deep blue sea. Now last week we saw how Jonah had got into this situation in the first place. God's word had come to Jonah at telling him to go east to preach against the city of Nineveh, at one of the big cities of the Assyrian Empire, which is modern-day Mosul in Iraq. God had said, go, and Jonah said, no. 
He hot-footed it in the opposite direction, getting on a boat to flee to Tarshish, to modern-day Spain, running away from the Lord. But Jonah should have known, and he did know, that you can't run away from the God who made everything. The God who is present everywhere. And so a storm came on the boat, terrifying the sailors who cried to their small g gods. Jonah was blamed for the calamity when they cast lots. And he told them to throw him into the sea because it was his fault. When every other option failed, then the sailors did so. And at once, the storm ceased. And the sailors worshipped the one true living God, the God of Jonah. But what happened to Jonah when he went overboard? We know from the end of chapter 1 that the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. And we know that he was in it for three days and three nights. And in chapter 2, we get to hear Jonah's prayer from inside the great fish. Now, as you look at it there on page 927, 928, uh, as it's set out in the Pew Bibles, it looks a bit like a psalm, doesn't it? It's, it's set out as poetry, the same as our psalms. And it sounds like some of the psalms as well. You might have noticed some connections maybe to Psalm 3, which we used earlier. But no other psalm and no other portion of scripture was composed inside the belly of a fish. So what does Jonah pray. Well, in verse 2, he acknowledges that God heard and answered his prayer. He says, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help and you listened to my cry. No matter our circumstances, our feelings and emotions, no matter our location, even under the sea, God hears and God answers our prayers. That was certainly true for Jonah and it's still true for us today. No matter how low we may be emotionally or physically, God will hear us when we call to him. And that's even the case when God seems to be the reason that we find ourselves in those low circumstances. Do you see how Jonah speaks so directly to God? Verse 3. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. In the deep, under the waves, swirled about by the currents, Jonah finds himself cut off from God, banished from his sight. Now, of course he isn't. God can see just as well in the darkness as he can in the light. But it seems that way to Jonah. And yet, even in that deep and dark situation, 
Jonah turns his sights towards God and his temple. He says, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. Now what's he saying there? Is he saying, I'm going to look towards God and pray to him? Or is this actually an early declaration of hope? That he will again look at the temple. That he knows that God is going to save him so that he can return to Jerusalem to see the temple again. Perhaps a bit of both. But here as he looks towards the temple, as he orients himself back towards God, as he repents, so he finds that God will hear his cry. And yet still he sinks, verses 5 and 6. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you brought my life up from the pit. Have you noticed that up to this point in the book, all the movement has been down, down, down. So in chapter 1, Jonah had gone down to Joppa in verse 3. He went down into the ship in verse 4 and then down into the water. And now he's in the depths, he's in the deep, he's sinking down to the roots of the mountains. He's at rock bottom, the lowest point he could possibly reach. And it's when you reach rock bottom, you discover that the Lord saves, that the Lord lifts us up. In a few moments, we'll use Philippians 2 as our creed tonight, reminding ourselves of how the Lord Jesus, equal with God, came down, 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 in order to save us. He became one of us. He died, even the death of the cross, in order to be our rescuer. He descended to the depths that we had got ourselves into. He took the lowest place in order to lift us to the heights of his throne. The Lord is willing to save. The Lord is able to save. And the Lord will save all who call on him. Jonah himself is proof of this. Verse 7. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. And my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Jonah says that he was close to death, that his life was ebbing away. And in that moment, he remembered the Lord. He called on the Lord. It's why we can't be sure that so-and-so definitely isn't in heaven. 
You know the way sometimes you know, someone dies and everyone thinks they're so bad. Well, they definitely can't be in heaven. What's to say what goes on between the person and God in their final moments? As Jonah shows here, as his life was ebbing away, he remembered the Lord and called out to him. Now, of course, it's better to be sorted long before uh, those last moments as your life is ebbing away. To be sure of salvation without waiting for a deathbed conversion, because who, who can say whether you'll have a deathbed, let alone a deathbed conversion. But Jonah knows what happened with him. And the Lord heard his prayer. And the Lord answered his prayer. Uh, We see uh, the contrast then between trusting in anyone or anything else. And trusting in the Lord. As Jonah's prayer comes to an end. He says those who cling to worthless idols. Forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I with a song of of thanksgiving will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. Grace is available, but it takes empty hands to receive it. Empty hands ready to receive God's grace. You see, to, to, to cling to worthless idols, whatever they may be, means that we can't receive God's grace. We need to receive God's grace. We need to recognize that salvation comes only from the Lord. He is the one who saves. If we will come to him and call on him, And receive from him. And so far uh, we have seen that salvation comes from the Lord. uh, For the sailors who gave up their worthless idols. Their uh, their gods who they had called on. uh, To then call on the Lord. And sacrifice to him. And salvation comes from the Lord. For Jonah as well. His prayer was heard and his life didn't ebb away under the depths of the sea. His salvation came in the form of a great fish provided by the Lord. Can you imagine it? Being inside the fish for three days and three nights, the, the smell, the darkness, the general unpleasantness of the whole thing. And yet through it, God was acting to save Jonah. But when we think of it, to to have witnessed the events of the first Good Friday, they also wouldn't have appeared very pleasant or very attractive. The bruised, 
beaten body of Jesus. Bleeding. Hung on the cross. Abused and mocked by those who stood watching. And yet through that most unlikely of ways. The Lord is working for our salvation. The most precious event in the history of the world. And three days later. Jonah appears from the fish. A sign pointing to the resurrection of Jesus. As God continues to be in control of everything. Commanding the fish to vomit him out onto dry land. Jonah's prayer acknowledges that salvation comes from the Lord. But it is also a declaration of praise to the source of his salvation. He, he speaks there of a song of thanksgiving and sacrificing. A few months back, uh, I was in Dromore and I happened to bump into Tommy. And we chatted for a moment or two and he wanted to know where I was and how you all were looking after me and all those kind of things. And then we chatted about, well, what else could we chat about? That night in Shankill Leisure Centre. And once again, my gratitude to him was deepened. The one who had lifted me from the depths that night. The one who saved me from near death that night. You see, when we realise the depths from which we have been rescued, the desperate state of our sin at the nearness to certain death. How deep must our gratitude be to the Lord who is our Saviour. Who is the only one who can save. Because as Jonah reminds us, salvation comes from the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we praise you and thank you so much that when we uh, can do nothing to save ourselves or help ourselves, uh, that you have stepped in. We thank you uh, that salvation comes only from you. We pray that you would help us tonight to, uh, to ensure that we receive that salvation. And in receiving it, that we would rejoice and give you all the glory. For we ask it in the name of Jesus, who died and rose again for us, our gracious Saviour. Amen.